How a town in central Newfoundland is filling a regulatory deep hole by developing their own permit system for mineral exploration. This is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Kwe and welcome to episode 241, brought to you with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Matters. We heard last week here on Mi'kmaq Matters about the feverish pace of mineral exploration on the island of Newfoundland. Drilling, digging, cutting, taking place with little notification to people living on or depending on the land. Little information coming from the province or the mineral exploration companies. For example, on the south coast, there's drilling currently taking place on traditional Mi'kmaq land, part of the quest for lithium used in batteries for electric vehicles. We asked the province what information is publicly available about what's going on 13 kilometers from the Burjo Highway. This is what we were told by the province. There would be an application for exploration approval provided to the Department of Industry, Energy and Technology. Applications received are not publicly available. Meanwhile, in central Newfoundland, Exploration by newfound gold in the Appleton area is headed into an aggressive stage, according to a recent media report. There, the drilling, digging, and cutting is taking place close to the town of Appleton and even within the town boundaries. Weak provincial regulations mean the town does not get a heads up about what drilling will be taking place and where. The town has brought in its own permit system. The exploration company has to get advance approval from the town and pay a permit fee before any work starts. We talked about the impact of mineral exploration on Appleton and how the town council is responding with Mayor Garrett Watton. Uh, Garrett, uh, thanks for coming on the program. Good to have you. We're going to talk about uh, the impact on uh, on Appleton of uh, mineral exploration currently underway, but for those uh, listeners not familiar with Appleton, let's give them a little geography lesson. Uh, Appleton is uh, to the west of uh, Gander, right on the TCH there. And there are two communities, Appleton and Glenwood. And I guess the Gander River is uh, is what runs down the middle. Yeah, separates the two of us. Absolutely. The two communities is right at the beginning, the outflow of the Gander Lake. And it's uh, it's the beginning of the Gander River as it flows towards Gander Bay. So it's at a real pivotal point where you can just turn one direction and you can salmon fish, or turn the other direction, you can go up by the lake and then make your way through Northwest Gander and Southwest Gander and that sort of, that area of towns. Yeah. And no doubt back in the day, uh, <clears throat> we would find Beothic people and Mi'kmaq people up and down there. That would be, um, you know, that would be their travel system, I guess, uh, back in, yeah. uh, in traditional times. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they, you know, the Gander Riverboat is still being used, but that's been used for generations and generations. That was, they would pull their way from Gander Bay right up into the headlands to caribou hunt or, or to fish and uh, trap and then make their way back down to, uh, to, to Glenwood and Appleton. Yeah. Now, um, <clears throat> we have, uh, 
been talking here on Mi'kmaq Matters about uh, mineral exploration and and fill us in on what's going on in the Appleton area because um, usually these things take place, uh, you know, out in the woods, uh, but uh, in your community, you have mineral exploration going on kind of almost in town, within the town limits. So just give us a, a little overview of what's going what's going on in Appleton. Well, there is there is this rich gold vein that we're told is rich gold vein from it really goes from the south coast of Newfoundland to uh, to the north coast, uh, the Appleton Fault, but it runs right along the side of of our community. So, I guess through the years with prospecting and what have you, it was an easy spot to go. You're just outside of Gander, you can prospect, and they found the discovery of of gold right at the surface, high grade gold. And at the time, I think there was a bit of drilling, and it wasn't really feasible. The markets were poor. And over the last few years, I guess there's been a resurgence in that with the market that's increasing and gold going through the roof. And uh, there's been heavier, I guess, a move from prospecting to to junior exploring. So to exploring. So they're the middleman between the big mining companies and the prospectors. So in the last three years, the biggest player in our area has been Newfound Gold. And their claim is from the Gander River to the east of the Gander River, all the way down towards Beta Spare. So this huge claim, well, obviously they're starting where the first target was to, which is right in Appleton, right inside the town boundaries. Mm. So, and what would we see if we're, if we're in Hamilton? We would see these uh, these kind of mini drills that they um, take around from place to place, and they're actually going down into the uh, into the soil there looking for, uh, looking for, for gold, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from the highway, you can't see all of it, but from the highway, there is a, a clearing, an area that's cleared off, much like you would see uh, a pulp paper company clears off the trees, the woods and stuff are being harvested, much the same. But there is these little uh, these little mini drills, like a little uh, tractor trailer size rig that's uh, drilling. The lights are on nighttime, so they're really visible at nighttime. You can see them throughout. Uh, and they're going down two or 300 meters looking for this high-grade gold and trying to map out where it's to in the ground. Mm. And um, and where are they located uh, in town? Uh, I was talking to someone who said uh, he can go out on his deck and see uh, see the action from from his from his house. So it sounds like it's fairly close to where people are to um, to buildings to uh, to where people live and work. It sounds well. Like. Yeah, maybe a little bit of exaggeration, but it is very close. It's definitely inside the town boundaries, and I wouldn't be able to put exact uh, distance in kilometers, but you're looking at three or four kilometers away would be the closest drill rig from one of the houses. Mm. Um, in around our business park area, which is uh, north of the highway, uh, as as that gold, is, as they've been finding the higher grade gold, they've been moving, moving towards, and most recently in January, they were drilling uh, in a building lot right next to one that's occupied, so they're within you know, 10 meters from, from a fenced off area, but uh, which, which will impact, I guess, perhaps impact some future development. If they find gold there, we won't be able to extend our business part in that direction. But what we, we are experiencing is, is a little bit of clanging and banging nighttime. You might hear like a, an engine roaring or a truck running similar to a truck running or a car running off into the wilderness. Um, but we're, we're certainly keeping an eye on how close they go, and there's limitations on how close they can work with inside the town boundaries. We don't want any of the residents to be impacted, you know, with noise and sleep deprivation and all those things that come with having heavy machinery inside the town boundaries. So as you know, like most places, we have a, 
I know his curfew at 11 o'clock. So um, we had to be able to abide. They had to be able to abide by that. And they're a 24 hour operation, right? Yes. Yeah. And you were just, you were just talking about um, the, the Ganda river there and where, um, where are these uh, rigs in, um, in relation to these, uh, to the river and to water and to your water supply? Well, as their exploration has moved south of the highway, uh, they're following this vein. So they're continuing to follow this vein down towards the Gander River, which is right at the outflow of the of the Gander Lake. Um, there's a 300 meter buffer from the river to to the side of uh, where they can they can drill. So they're set back from the river 300 meters. And, it, and in the summer, they had some seismic work. So they're chasing this vein as it crosses under the Gander Lake and hoping to pick it up on the other side of, uh, of the Gander Lake in the southwest Gander area. Areas that we, we hear about Charlie's Place, that's where they're going to try to pick up that vein and keep going towards uh, the south coast of Newfoundland. For us, all the area south of the highway is within the watershed. So all that area is an area of concern for us. It's closely monitored because all of those streams and tributaries all the rainfall that collects and flows, it flows into the Gander River, which is only two kilometers from our, our um, intake for our water supply for the communities of Appleton and Glenwood. Mm-hmm. But uh, right at the mouth of that, those little brooks, right where they're kind of exploring to, is the area some people might know as, um, as the Glen Eagles Hotel, uh, Cornwall Pulp and Paper, or um, before they moved in. Uh, the Glen Eagles Hotel was there for, for big companies to come in and be able to fish and hunt on the Gander River. And as you probably know or are aware of, most of the Mi'kmaq people in the area were were um, guides to be able to bring these yes. people up in the riverboats to to do all that. So it's a significant spot, and they have limitations of how close they can work around the, the hotel and how close they can work within the, the Gander River. You know, I guess there's diesel in these uh, in the rigs, and there's various other things being used. So it's pretty close yeah. to the water supply. Absolutely. I mean, um, if something was to go south. An accident has happened, and uh, we're, we're, we're confident that Newfound Gold, who is one, I mean, there's 30 exploration companies within central Newfoundland, right? Labrador Gold is another big one that's operating on the other side of the river. But but in our purposes, in our watershed, Newfound Gold is the biggest component. They're doing their utmost best. But if, uh, if you know accidents happen, there's human errors. If something was to go south, there isn't a whole lot of time to react to collect that uh, before it gets brought into our intake. So... So for that reason, we have made sure that the government has had close eyes, close watch on the operations there, and we have close watch on the operations. And uh, they have an environmental technician that follows every drill site consistently every day, multiple times a day to make sure nothing is happening and uh, everybody is staying above board. And, and to your point, um, there is diesel, uh, but um, we're told there's um, biodegradable cutting fluids and stuff used in the drill rigs, which which puts us are some of our um, worries at ease that some of that's been taken care of or that risk factor has been managed very well. Mm. But it's still a risk and it's still something for us to be concerned with. Certainly a lot more stress, a lot more concern that a lot of small towns don't have to deal with. And it's something that we're we're trying to just trying to get trying to get adapted to now over the last couple of years and try to get on stream and make sure we're staying on top of it. Yes. So <clears throat> tell us about working with the the province of Newfound Gold. Um what uh, I see, um, uh, Newfound Gold, um, there is on the Department of Environment uh, website, 
there's uh, information about um, what they're doing here in terms of mineral exploration. Um, but what um, what permissions do they have to get from the town before they can before they can do work? Are you are you notified in advance uh, uh, that they're bringing in, for example, extra drills? I see in saltwire that they're headed into a quote unquote aggressive. Uh, drilling uh, phase uh, in the new year. So do you get notification that, uh, you know, next week we're going to bring in three extra uh, drill rigs and they're going to be here? Um, do you deal with the province? Uh, tell, tell us how that works. Okay. So um, uh, we have an option with the province when they apply for an environmental assessment or environmental application to do work in EA, um, all the stakeholders, the communities, even the town of Gander, anybody that's on the watershed committee, so anybody that 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 uses water from the Gander Lake, including Gander Bay, all has a input um, what happens. So we make recommendations and the minister eventually passes it. But to your point with the rigs, um, we've we, through our discussions and our chats with Newfound Gold over the last few years, they've made attempts to get 16 or 18 drill rigs uh, back in the beginning. It's just haven't been able to get rigs. Everybody with the price of gold gone through the roof, everybody's drilling, everybody is looking for stuff, uh, looking for uh, minerals of different types. And then I guess the drill rigs have been in hot commodity. And the other thing is they can drill all they want, but they need to be able to process the course. And so Newfound Gold built a huge processing facility in Gander called the Giga Shack. Uh, that was delayed, delayed for about six months. And as a result, they've had stockpiled a lot of cores. And they need to be able to process the cores to know where the drill. We're never really brought in speed of how many drill rigs are operating other than the fact that they they tell us at a community meeting when they meet with us, uh, the province does require them to report that to us. But that's where some of the our concerns uh, lie over the last few years. We had no way of knowing where they were to exactly, which of the drilling companies, there's two that's working for them, were drilling, and who would we call if we said, hey, we feel like we see oil on the ground, like who would we get a hold of? So. Um, I guess that's where a com inexperience comes for small town and only having small staff and having a council that's essentially a volunteer. But uh, we work diligently. We put a nice permanent system in, in place. And um, prior to the drill of January, like in the, in the middle of December, we received an application from Newfound Gold with our permitting process that says we like to drill potentially 10 holes. These are the locations of the holes. These are the drilling companies that are going to be drilling. Uh, this is the contact information. And then once they're finished drilling at the end of the month, they'll actually remediate it and say, well, instead of 10 holes, we drilled seven, but these are the seven, these are the locations. So that gives us a nice indication of where they're to. We can inform the residents. We can say, you know what? This is not going to fly. These holes are too close to town. They're too close to significant burial sites. Uh, we need you to move somewhere else. And they've, they've been very um, cooperative and they've been able to move that. But it certainly takes a lot of eyes and a lot of knowledge working back and forth to try to keep up on that, right? And as to the province, I don't think the province is intentionally um, intentionally steering away. I think it's a new process for them, too. They haven't had this much exploration in, in years. I mean, the companies before never, ever had to follow any guidelines. They came in and drilled, like up in Buckins. They just went and did the work. So now there's a set of eyes on it. Um the province is trying to catch up and, and be like the rest of the rest of Canada, you know, and have a have a system in place where it's a one stop shop. And these drilling companies file in one location and all the departments are notified and they're all come back. For us, we don't have that connect the connection to the to the government. We don't have a connection to all the departments. We don't know exactly where they're 
who is responsible for, um, say, for a land inspection or who's responsible for a health and safety uh, permit. So that, that those are the concerns that we have and we're still working through. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately enough, the most important one is water. And we have our connection with uh, the, uh, with um, Waterworks. We can we can call them on a dime and say we have an issue with uh, sediment in a stream. We would like to have someone look at it or have a second set of eyes on it. But the rest of the departments have sort of been quiet and not intentionally on their part. It just means that we're having trouble finding that through the grapevine, you know? Yes. We're at the other other end of a tin can. You can't quite pick it with the collar. <clears throat> the permitting system you brought in, that was something you brought in as the town. And um, uh, what were, uh, do you have jurisdiction as a municipality in, in Newfoundland to uh, bring in uh, permitting to deal with uh, an operation like Newfound Gold? Or did you get any pushback from either the province or the, the company? We haven't had any pushback. No, I don't know where our where our cloak would lie. I don't really want to tip my cards either and say that, but I don't know exactly where this would lie. But essentially, as part of the EA process, um, Newfound Gold and other explorers have to have to engage with local stakeholders. So at some point, we feel like communication has broke down. They refuse to answer our phone calls. We pick up the phone and call the minister and say, "Hey, we got issues. You need to revoke their permit until this is addressed." Uh, fortunately enough, we have a really good relationship with Newfound Gold. Um, there was an incident where the town boundaries was, I guess, was there was confusion over where it was to, and it really boiled down to Crown Lands having having an old town boundary map and and Newfound Gold not having the new updated uh, boundary map in 2017. But um, as it goes for permitting, we told them we were going to put a permit in place, and they were they were very happy to be able to accommodate that. They work with us in that in that process, and uh, like anything, this is new for us. So we're trying to work through if uh, how many days do we take to give them permission to you know do we give them a five day period or a ten day period? But sometimes we got concerns, and we would say we don't want you drilling until we get our concerns answered. And fortunately enough, they've they've held off until all our questions were answered. So that's worked well for us. Uh, the flip, the other side of that is too is there's a fee associated with the permits. And that's really important for small towns because small towns operate like a small mom and pop operation, like a convenience store, you know, like there's there's no money and we need to be able to operate. And we can't necessarily take taxpayers dollars to fund major water testing programs or that sort of thing. It's just not there. The money's not there for it. So but but it's an important, I guess, a important thing to be look, look after to have set a, sec, a second set of eyes on. So uh, with the money and the revenue generated from the permitting process. We're able to engage in companies to come in and take water samples uh, to go on to go in conjunction with the province, you know, to say, is the province upholding their end of the bargain? Are they looking after our best interest? And uh, our results will be compared with theirs. And if we feel that we're on the same part, it'd be great. Mm-hmm. If we feel that test results are not not accurate or or uh, the test results were taken at the wrong time of year, perhaps, or something like that there, then then we would go and ask the province for uh, for more discussions. Mm-hmm. But that hasn't happened yet, but I feel comfortable that we have the system in place to be able to keep an eye on them uh, going forward over the next year, at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Now, what what do you and people in Appleton think about the future? Uh, you know, they're drilling right now. And, um, you know, I guess uh, <clears throat> this uh, this vein is getting good reviews. So the, the industry is very excited about um, the potential in, in – um, in Newfoundland, 
But uh, for you in Appleton, um, today it's uh, it's a drill rig. Um, next year, the year after, it might be a mine, uh, depending on what they find. So what are the implications for your town, people who live there, if, uh, as it were, they strike gold big time? Okay, so you're you're talking about the elephant in the room, the one that we try to avoid sometimes. But you're absolutely right. That could easily turn into a into a mine, and that's on our minds. We're talking about it, no pun intended, but that's on our minds um, uh, all the time. And we're not we're not we're not close enough to that yet to really worry about it. Other than we want to make sure that whatever they do doesn't interfere with our town planning, because uh, we don't want to get boxed in too much. Uh, for small towns, if you're not growing, you're going to die. That's what it boils down to. So we need to be able to grow, and we welcome the business in our community. Last year, we sold 16 blocks of land in our business park, so that was really good for us. We doubled our business tax. That's really good for us. But we don't want to lose our, our country-style living. We don't want to lose our small-town feel, and uh, sometimes that's inevitable. A lot of residents have huge concerns over what this becomes a mine. So there's two things that we look at. One is what is the mine going to look like? Is it an open pit or is it underground? And all the indications that we have so far is this rich grain, uh, uh, rich vein of gold. It's kind of like icing between two slabs of cake. It goes down in the ground very far, but it's like 15 meters wide, 30 meters wide in places. So we're told there would be maybe an open trench, 50 meters. They would take out a vein down to depths of 30, 30 meters. They would cap it off in concrete, backfill, and then go underground and remove the rest. Um, that would be nice. We can keep our landscape intact. You wouldn't see what's underground. Uh, that would be great. The mine would be further away from the community. Um, I think if it was an open pit, it's a concern. Uh, and and I really will hate to say this, but if a foreign investor came in and bought out newfound gold, uh, like perhaps a Chinese company, then we worry about what it would look like. Newfound gold has been outstanding in environmental protection and control and all those good things. But when you bring in foreign companies that have a bottom line and that's their, their shareholders, they cut corners. And we're a little bit concerned over that. So we've been keeping a close eye. And I think we will, I mean, realistically, we don't have any clout in the matter. Between the two communities, you're looking at 2,000 residents, whatever is for the greater good of Newfoundland and Labrador, it's going to be for the greater good of Newfoundland and Labrador. You know, but... Uh, I'm not prepared to move, and we're not going to move. But um, we need to be able to. They need to be able to work with us, and uh, we don't want to lose our identity. We don't want to lose our landscape, and we need to be able to keep it a small town. Before we go, some news from us here at Big Mom Matters. We have two new people joining the team. We have a new correspondent, Greg Jaynes. Many of you will know Greg as a Mi'kmaq activist former chief of the Berger First Nation and leader in the fight to restore Halibut status to armed forces and RCMP personnel. And Hilary McGinnis comes to us via the University of King's College School of Journalism in Halifax, where she's in the final year of the Master's in Journalism program. Hilary has Mi'kmaq connections to the community of St. Fintons in southwestern Newfoundland. You'll be hearing Greg and Hillary very soon here on Mi'kmaq Matters. Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. I'm Glenn Wheeler. 
Amsterdam. Amsterdam.